All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Can you see it? Did you notice? Check, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in at Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Ding dong. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital D's, all one word, CONVODD, that will get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. It does not get much better than that, folks. It just doesn't. Uh, my name is Dave Guadrelli. I'm joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. Our technical producer is Alex Allard. This is the Canucks Conversation, uh, and we're pleased to be joined today by head coach of the Abbotsford Canucks, Jeremy Colleton. Uh, all of our guests are brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic over there. Oh, let me show you something. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will give you $5 off your order uh, at ZephyrEpic.com. They've got you covered for all of your trading card needs. Check them out, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic, on all platforms, all the social medias. Go follow them. Uh, they support us. We'd like you to support them, Zephyr Epic. And Chris is about to show everybody a Pokemon card. Hockey cards, They got you know they got the hockey cards there. You know they got the Pokemons. I got one myself. Boom. The uh, hey. first edition Machamp. 
Wow. Shiny Machamp. Oh, it's a good... Nothing does it like the old Pokemon art. Like, nothing does it for me. When did you... And it shows the illustrator on the bottom, too. Why don't you go ahead and give his name a read? Um, When did you... As you look for the name, when did you start getting into collecting Pokemon cards? Because I feel like I've known you for a while now. I feel like I woke up one day and all of a sudden you were throwing Pokemon cards at me. Ken Shugimori is the name of the illustrator here. Nice. I've always wanted to collect the, the base set of uh of pokemon cards and shout out to uh arash mamarzadeh from pucks on net he's got it framed all 151 original pokemon big thing framed that's pretty sweet so then i started looking online i'm like oh maybe i'll just buy the whole frame set it's like three thousand dollars so <laughs> i was like no i'll just chip away at a boy it's like uh an investment you know i tried the whole crypto thing last year that didn't work <laughs> out great so now we're back in uh, a different you know a, a good investment so i'm rolling with uh you the Pokemon cards. You know instead. all those commercials that are like, don't take inv- investment advice oh. from this guy. Or it's like the Scotiabank commercials right now that are on. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be the poster boy for that because there's mm-hmm. a guy in those commercials that says, you heard about NFTs? You heard about crypto? You heard about Nikita Triamkin rookie cards? Jack yeah, Rathbone rookie cards? Okay, before we get to the hockey stuff, uh, the chat was bumping early today. Knucklehead jumped in very early and said, listen to yesterday's Canucks talk. That and way. Drance was talking smack about his Mario Kart 8 skills. Quads, if you need a ringer, let me know. Now, I've played... Was he talking smack about you? I don't know. Mm. The chat is kind of hinting at that, okay? I've played against Drance many a times, and I I might have to get Aaron to clip this so that I make sure Drance sees this on Twitter, but I go toe-to-toe with Drance every time, and there's been times that I've beaten him. I I don't think the sample size is large enough, Um to say who's the better Mario Kart player. I we've we've traded blows many times and there's there's been a few times where Drance will set up the game and there's there's a bunch of us in a lobby and him are at, him and I are at the top. I'm ready to play four races because that's customary and then Drance say, "Oh no, sorry, I made this one 8 or I made this one 32. Better stick around quads." And then he's the only person that finishes all 32, so he gets to pat uh-huh. himself on the back that he won. I I, I don't know. And Maybe this is libel because I'm not sure if any of that's actually happened. But I'm telling you, Drance Drance pulls off some tricky stuff when it comes to his. So Mario Kevin's Kart in the game. chat. Kevin says that Drance claims he's undefeated against you, and no. then he says he always wins. Was the quote that Knuckle had through? That is unbelievable. Okay, that's just not true. I've I've beaten Drance before, and I think I have a photo of it. And mm. I, if I don't, I'll make sure I take one next time. No, I think I've um, heard you talk about beating him because I've heard. Yes. Yeah, I've heard Drance talk about will, uh, being the best at yeah. uh, Mario Kart. I, I've taken forty thousand sure, steps a day. Obviously, I've beat him in single races, but I think I've also beaten him in cups a few times. Oh. Maybe not a few times. I think it might be. A couple. We haven't played that much. I don't know where he's getting this from. But every time we play, it's him and I at the top. uh, Like every time. And hey, people are asking who we use. Worst kept secret. We both use Donkey Kong. And Mm -hmm. you know what? Usually in these lobbies, we're the only ones that use Donkey Kong. And Drance and I are the people at the top every single time. So you know, I I have I have all the respect in the world for Drance's abilities as a Mario Kart player. I wish he would show me the same respect because I I have beaten him before and. Anyways, I, I'm done talking about this. Trance, it's out there. The challenge is out there. I mean, he, we're going to play soon. The new courses just dropped. We've been talking about it for a while. So we're going to dig into those soon. Yeah, well, you're, you've always, you're a natural gamer, aren't you? Like, uh, even yeah. like when you and I played FIFA, you're like, oh, I haven't played in like four years. And I play every night. And yeah, it was a tight game. So I, I feel like you got that natural uh, natural gaming trend. I grew up playing video games and I've always like, I've always been decent at every game but i never really excelled at any mm. game when i was like 16 or 17 whenever nhl 17 was out with tarasenko on the cover that was the game that i was really good at like my ultimate team in that year like i was i was really high up i was consistently div one champ i was really good at that game uh that was probably the only video game that i've played that i've gotten really really good at where i'm like really trying hard at it i was always a really good support player like i'd be in your back in the day before this whole war zone stuff took over the world call of duty when you actually just play like six on six teams yeah i would be the the midfielder we'd play two forwards two mid two defenders and we play capture the flag nice same group of six dudes every night after school uh and i i was a support player i was i you know what i know where i was at my best in video games was in the chat that's where i would oh i'd light people up in the chat I'm glad those those clips don't yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, okay. 2009, me, like a 16-year-old me just yelling at everyone. Some dad just finished like a 12-hour shift <laughs> at the mill, and I'm just giving it to him as a 16-year-old. Oh, we used to finish that, and we'd play All I Do Is Win, stick it right into your Xbox mic, and just play like, DJ Khaled. <laughs> and it would just blast All I Do Is Win from like six different mics, all these teenage kids. We used to piss a lot of people off. I think the, I would have hated In that lobby. Yeah. All right, let's get to the Canucks. 
Pull it up, Alex. Speaking of DJ Khaled, actually, another win for the Vancouver Canucks last night. Um, overtime and another Pedersen overtime winner. How about what he's doing in overtime right now? There was a time in that early in the overtime, I think Pedersen's first shift out there, I thought he was going to score the exact same goal. He almost put his head down and went straight to the nets, almost scored the exact same goal. Uh, but it comes down and, and setting up that Pedersen overtime winner was listen, a good first save from Spencer Martin, but a very aggressive go at the second shot on that sequence there. Uh, and he made a, you know, that's that's an aggressive move. That's a, you know, that's a win or loss save right there from Spencer Martin. Yep. He makes it ends up sending it down. This Andre Kuzmenko. Yeah, Andre Kuzmenko's <laughs> down the ice with uh, Elias Patterson, gets enough time and and Pedersen's got that hot stick right now, right? The shot's really clicking for him. Uh, he made no mistake in that one. So great little two-on-one to win that game. But I get, let's get started with the first period because, man, I, I had to measure. I don't do this often, but measuring a dog rating in the first period, Dakota Joshua's dog rating was was off the charts. He ends up taking home the belt uh, last night. You pull that up, too. Oh, look at that. And he's got so much dog in him. He flips the belt upside down with no care. For for the respect behind the belt, he flips it upside down. The logo, like the Miz. Oh yeah, I know. Just, I know WWE. Yeah, exactly. Like Dakota Joshua had a great game. Has two goals in that first period. Drops the gloves. And it's funny even hearing him talk about it. Like I hear it from him in the locker room. I saw it last night uh, on Twitter with the media availability. I, I feel. I still feel like Dakota Joshua like has something to prove that he's an NHLer. I think like like he he feeds off of that. Even some like hearing some of the quotes from him yesterday. He still wants to like prove that he belongs at this level, but he's done nothing but that uh, so far this season. Like he's been incredible. He's looked like a, a great fourth line addition to this Vancouver Canucks team, and and I was dogging him in the in the off season, saying I don't know what all these analytics folks are talking about. Now I'm riding with the analytics folks. I tell, you, Josh I tell was, you, he's looking great. Like he fits really good in that line. Loved the line that he talked about as well when Niels Amon took that uh, hit, and he's just like, listen, that's a young kid in the league, and you got to show him that your teammates got your back. Like Joshua was one of those those players that that we've talked about so much on this show of just like helping you transition and still being somewhat of an exciting team when maybe you are going to start going through a transition. That's right. He's looked great. Like he he really has looked great uh, in the role that he's been in with this team. And, and even last night, like you see him on the second power play unit as an front guy, and I think that's because of his play at five on five where he looks good in front of the net. And he does a really good job of just funneling those pucks towards the crease, and that's something you haven't seen in Vancouver in a long time. Seeing a fourth line that you could be pretty damn excited and about. Hey. Excited about and that maybe the last head coach, year's fourth line though too for that, a little bit there. The head coach can play on a regular basis. You look at that ice time; nobody over twenty minutes. JT Miller not getting any time mm-hmm. in overtime. Like, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, let's start there. Look, we're gonna. It's an off day for the team today. No practice. We didn't talk to Bruce. We didn't talk to any players. Recording this on Thursday. You'll have an answer tomorrow when you record with Harmon, and I'll be interested to see it. Mm-hmm. But JT Miller, you mean in the chat tomorrow? Uh, we'll see. Probably maybe. not. Uh, JT Miller, no time in overtime. He had a 30-second shift to close out the third period. Don't think it was injury-related. Again, like he had, I think it was two pretty bad giveaways with that. One of them, for sure, was one of those no-look passes that drive people mental. Uh, and I think they're starting to get to Bruce Boudreaux a little bit as well. Um, again, we don't know for sure if it's injury-related. We don't know what it's related to yet, but... JT Miller not playing at all uh, in overtime. And again, we've talked about the Miller overtime experience where anytime he's out there, he's either winning you the game or he's losing you the game. Well, it's no in-between. He said it uh, the other night. He said his quote about overtime was, I hate it. It's stressful. Like, JT Miller's not really the type. Like, you have a you have better options, I think, for three-on-three three than JT Miller. Is Brock Besser and Connor Garland both got a shift yeah. over Miller. Yeah. Are they better options than Miller? I think in overtime, it's up. You're you're really up in the air, right? Because I tell you, like any little defensive mistake costs you immediately. Yeah. In overtime, true. and listen, I know, like I know you're going to get the opportunities with JT Miller to score, but he's probably like the fifth forward I would put out there. Like I, I'm going with Mikheyev first. I'm going with yep. Besser first. I'm going with Horvat. I'm going with Pedersen. <laughs> Pedersen's your fourth forward. Kuzmenko. Out there? <laughs> no, I'm going in reverse <laughs> I know, order. I know. I'm talking reverse about. order or something. Kuzmenko, uh, I'd like him out there as well. Like there's there is a lot more options I think uh, than JT Miller up to that point. Uh, but he's probably you know fifth or sixth on the list of the guys that you put out there. So he's fine to get out there for one shift. And like maybe that's your boomer bust. That's your winner loss right there with JT Hi, Miller Jeremy, on the ice. Alex? But uh, like I, I just. I think that when you watch JT Miller in overtime, there is a little bit kind of the worry about what he is doing. So um, I, I think that's why we didn't see him last night. There's enough other forwards that you can trust in that role. Yeah, absolutely. And again, hey, you, you, you look up and down the lineup right now, and there wasn't a bad line for this Canucks team last night, right? Yep. And 
like again, they're they're back to five hundred. We're gonna talk about it uh, after we get to Colleton and have a nice chat with him, the Abbotsford Canucks head coach. But like the team is getting back to five hundred, and it's interesting the outlook for the rest of the season, right? Because you're kind of looking at it, and again, like I, I know there's people out there, and again, we'll we'll talk about it more later. But there's a lot of people kind of pointing out that hey, they're they're winning against not the best teams out there um and they're not doing it really in commanding yeah. fashion in the end you, you're finding a way to win and you yeah, have exactly. to give them praise for that eight and three yeah. over the last 11 games like you, you don't love the goals for and goals against really with 44 goals for and 40 against over the last 11 but hey in the start of the season they couldn't find a way to win you look over the last 11 they are finding a way to win yeah. so a uh, good little run for the vancouver canucks speaking of good little runs for canucks <laughs> the Abbotsford Canucks are up to some, doing some winning on their own. A four-game win streak for the Abbotsford Canucks right now. We're happy to be joined by Abbotsford Canucks head coach, Jeremy Carlton. Jeremy, how are you doing today? One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Doing great. How are you guys? Doing awesome. It's uh, It's got to be some good vibes around the organization right now. Everything going on in Vancouver with a lot of winning. Uh, what you guys are doing down in Abbotsford. What's What's been working for you over this four-game win streak here? Well, we're improving. I, I think uh, we're trying to build as the year goes on. And, um, you know, it's nice. It helps to, you know, get that positive reinforcement with some some good results both uh, for the team and then also for guys individually. And just kind of you, you try to use that momentum and good feelings to keep building, keep teaching. And um, I think for us, like we're, it's certainly nice to, to see, you know, the streak four wins, but um, it's kind of over now and, and we're, we had a good week and we're focused on this weekend. It's a really good team coming in. It'll be a good test for us. We're going to have to play better than we did on the weekend. Um, you know, I thought the last four games that the first two against Bakersfield, I thought were excellent. Uh, the weekend, like it was strange games with so many penalties and really disrupted the flow. It was tough to get everyone on the ice, honestly, with how much special teams there was. And I just didn't think we were quite as sharp, but, uh, found a way to get two wins. But now I think we really got to sharpen our focus for the weekend. And that's, that's been the message. It's got to be good for the confidence of the players to put, you know, put on a four game win streak here up to this point. But uh, I, I got to imagine like the way the AHL season works, where sometimes you're playing just a, a ridiculous amount of games in one week, you know, getting a chance for like a Monday to Thursday day out, like practice days for you as a coach, that must be a good spot kind of for you heading into this weekend. You must be feeling pretty good about the things you guys worked on this week. Yeah, you really got to take advantage when you get the chance. Uh, we had a stretch where we played a ton of games, had you know a lot of travel, which uh, obviously limited our practice time. So we were ready for a week like this. Um, having said that, we also needed to give them some rest. Uh, so you know, a day off after the games on the weekend, and then yesterday we actually had a bit of a lighter day. We still brought them in and, and went on the ice, uh, but it was a short practice. We did some special teams and three on three. And then, you know, we did some more, more so of a video day. And, uh, you know, we, we, cause we got to keep our guys fresh too. It's, uh, it is a lot of games sometimes. And, and so, but hopefully we've done that. And I like the week we had, and now we got to 
continue to improve here, uh, show that we're we're uh, going the right way again. Christian Willannon's getting talked about a lot up here. Uh, we've seen the points. We've seen his success this year. What have you made of his game this season? Yeah, I mean, credit to him. He's, uh, I think, you know, he had a good camp. And then anytime you get sent down after that, it, it can take some time to just get your head around uh, your situation. And I think he he's gotten stronger here, you know, every day, sort of for the last, you know, month, six weeks. He's done a really good job in the power play. Um, not, you know, just distributing, helping us change sides. Uh, he's done a good job in the breakout. He's, he's gotten pucks through from the top and a lot of his production has come there. But, uh, I think that that's really helped his confidence five on five too. He's, he's made, made some plays. He's starting to kill penalties for us. Um, I think the challenge always is for a guy like him, like, you know, the game, the role that he plays here is maybe not the one that's available up, up there. So, and that's something we, we've talked to him about is just, you know, he's got to focus on how he defends, focus on his habits, focus on, uh, you know, those details that will help him if he does get a chance in the next level, help him to, to survive, help him to be a guy that can be put on the ice in, in, uh, when the game's still on the line. So, uh, but I think he's, he's made some really nice strides there. I think a lot of you brought up the a player just kind of hopping onto the penalty kill there. And I know Christian kind of mentioned he's done a tiny bit of that in the past, but it's something more where it looks like he's had a decent amount of success this year. And I think a lot of Canucks fans ask specifically with the AHL uh, over the past couple of years, people have looked at Will Lockwood or Jack Rathbone stint last year. And they're thinking like, Oh, this guy should be playing on the power play on the penalty kill, getting all this time. How do you as a coach kind of, like, do you approach a player and say, is the penalty kill something you want to try? Do they come to you? How do you kind of make that decision for a player to, you know, take on another role with the team? Yeah, I, I you, you do. And because uh, there's some preparation that's required uh, to be ready to do that. Um, you know, I'll put Colson's a, a good example. Like we, we want to get him killing penalties. Um, but, you know, when he gets here on a Tuesday, it's hard to have him kill on that night. You know, it, it takes some time uh, for him to kind of understand what we're trying to do and just even get comfortable, even with the guys he's going to be on the ice with. So um, if you kind of feed it to him piecemeal. I think he played a little six on four, actually, in, in the first couple of games there. And we got him out at the end a couple of times. And then um, this weekend, he he got a little bit more and, and lots of video. And, and then getting this week, actually, we used it as a chance to get him some extra reps uh, both yesterday and the day before. Uh, and then hopefully we can just, you know, keep giving him a little bit more and he can gain confidence at the same time. Like, I don't think it's a situation where you throw him out in the first pair. So he's, he's and then he's got to play against the top unit on the other side. That's not really fair when you're trying to, to gain confidence. And um, so you maybe try to get him out against the second unit at the end. Of, of the kill and so and I think that's the same it's kind of the same process for all these guys when you're exposing them to different situations uh, at our level because ultimately we're, we're still trying to have team success because that builds confidence that builds habits and so you know we got to put all those pieces together Jeremy might you might be getting tired of me asking about him but I'm going to ask you about him today I'm going to ask you about him tomorrow when I see you as well uh, with Danilo Klimovic and the development there uh, the 19 year old kid uh, obviously, there's a lot of skills here. I- I'm wondering, like, how much do you take on of a challenge of developing this guy? Because he- he's such a young player. He's got those just amazing skills. How do you look at just development with a player who has those raw traits? Like, is this is this a challenge for you to just get the best out of him? I'm not tired of, of, of talking about him. <laughs> I think it's, um, it's, it's more just we have to have a long-term time horizon on it though like i think that the issue sometimes is when um you know little things that happen become magnified um it's it's a process like he's 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 young and um there's going to be ups and downs and sometimes the the down time where things don't look like it's working and and there's adversity and it's hard like that's sometimes the most important time like it needs to happen it needs to get hard it needs there needs to be adversity and then you got to fight through it and respond 
the right way. And it's, it's up to us. We're, we're trying to, to help him through that. And so I, I got to give him a, a ton of credit because, um, you know, when he's had to sit out or, or hasn't played in certain situations because of, you know, we're, we're trying to uh, establish a standard of how we want to play. Uh, you can go one of two ways. You can look outward and, and look to, to blame others, or you can, um, respond. And I think his last couple of weeks, uh, the best I've seen certainly as far as his work ethic and his compete level with and without the puck, um, he's done a really good job. And so that really helps too, is when now when they respond to that feedback and give you something back, now I have something to show them as far as, okay, this is the standard. I've seen you do it once. Now you need to do it again. And so that's great. But going through that adversity and, and uh, not quitting, you know, keep going. That's that builds a base that he can fall back on. And again, there's going to be more, there's, there's going to be more time where there's a setback or, or whatever. And, and that's just part of his development. Everyone goes through it. And uh, if you, the guys that come out the other side, those are the ones that can make it. Yeah, and I think, you know, you don't see a lot of teenagers in the AHL. This is an incredible task that's being asked of him for what he's going to do here. I, I'm curious because you, you mentioned, like, when I talked to you last week post game, you mentioned that those were probably the two best games you've seen from him. I, I also noticed those are the games where the emotion doesn't get the best of him because I think that's something that has gotten to him at certain times throughout his young AHL career. How, how do you manage that? Because you want him to be emotionally invested but it feels like sometimes the emotion might be able to just get a little bit too much of him at times. Yeah, those are, those are lessons that you need to learn, you know, body language when, when your, when your teammate doesn't get you the puck, when you feel like you should get it. Um, when you personally make a mistake, uh, your reaction to that situation. I mean, we, you got to love emotion. Emotion is a lot of what drives us in this game. Uh, the love of the game and the desire to to be the best and and to you know you want to test yourself but you gotta channel it in the right way. I want to see that emotion when it comes time to win a fifty fifty battle to get a puck out when the game's on the line. That's that's what we need, uh, and so that's that's the challenge. And if we can create an environment where uh, he has the opportunity to do that and then get feedback on it then that's when you start building something. We've talked about life in the AHL. And, you know, you lose Sheldon Dries to a call-up, but then you get sent Vasily Pod Colson and Jack Rathbone. Like, you know, obviously we've seen the deployment of these guys, and you're obviously happy to have them, but how do you kind of manage that where, you know, they're taking someone else's spot type thing, and you're just your lineup seems to always be changing? How do you kind of manage uh, the ever-changing life in the AHL? Yeah, it, it is a challenge. Uh, we we been carrying a lot of bodies, and um, I think you know we like we like the players we have. We like the guys that are you know on American League deals who can provide depth for us. Uh, and there's been times where we need them because we're thin, and and you need guys who can step in and make a difference. And there's got to be there's got to be justice for those guys so that if they deserve to play, they got to play. Otherwise, you you erode the team dynamic. Uh, you erode the team culture that is that we're trying to build, and um, but we we when we do that at the same time, making sure that you know maybe the younger players who we hope can play at the next level continue to get opportunity to to prove themselves, to develop, to make mistakes, and get the feedback, and then have a chance to respond and go back out there. So it is a challenge. Ultimately. Um, we gotta. It's got to be an environment where you earn what you get, and uh, some guys get a little more rope because obviously we we feel like they can play at a higher level and hopefully make an impact in the NHL. But uh, in the end, we're we're still we still have a team here, and uh, you got to if you're playing for the team and you're doing the you know the details that the team needs to help us win, then that helps you get more shifts. We've heard a lot about him from people up here, but uh, what's your impression of Vasily Pod Colson as a person and as a player? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm just getting to know him. Obviously, uh, you know, training camp didn't really have a ton of, uh, didn't cross paths a ton. So that, you know, this past week has been when I've been uh, exposed to him. And he's been great so far, whether it's watching shifts with him and uh, going, you know, going through, getting, helping him get comfortable with what we're trying to do and uh, how we're playing. But I mean, I love, he's very competitive. Uh, he, he plays a detailed game. He's strong on the puck. Uh, he's willing to take the puck inside. He's willing to pay the price. I mean, he's blocked a ton of shots, <laughs> whether it was six on four or, or on the kill. Um, he's willing. And so it's just a matter of building confidence and building those habits. He's still a kid. And uh, it, it just it takes time. It takes reps. Um, so he's, he's done a good job so far. But I expect him to continue, continue to build his game and, and uh, blossom even further here the longer it goes. It feels like um, sometimes for a goaltending situation in the AHL, when when somebody gets called up, uh, it can really shake an AHL team. But I'm I'm guessing you feel pretty confident about running with Archer Seelaws for a little bit here with Colin being up uh, with the NHL team. I mean, the kid's 21 years old. I I still remember chatting with you after he got that first shutout uh, over at uh, the Prospects camp out in Penticton. But from what you see from this kid, I mean, still so young, but he's going to get a big run here. So how confident are you? you know, with him between the pipes for the next few weeks here. Yeah, it's, it's a process with him too. Um, just, he has, he doesn't have a ton of pro games and so, uh, there's going to be ups and downs, but, you know, early on we kind of, you know, we split it for the most part. It maybe already got a little more early and then, you know, deals had a good run, but, uh, there's always a time during the season where you end up losing someone. And then, and so then there's the opportunity for one guy to, to run with it and um you know it's not not to say that we won't won't play jake um you know depending on the schedule but uh it is an opportunity for already to play a little bit more and and uh you know a lot of times that's when you really take off as a player so you know we're excited to see see how he does he had the back-to-back last weekend thought his, his second game was actually probably one of his best of the year and uh you know we'll see see about this weekend but um, hope, hopefully he grabs hold of it and really runs with it. But again, if it doesn't happen right away, that's not like, it's just another step in, in his development. We can't overreact to small things that happen. It's uh, we're going to keep challenging guys and keep giving them feedback and, and expecting them to respond, but you can't really roadmap it out where it's just a, a straight line to where you want to get to. Okay. I got to ask about the straight line from the Calgary Mustangs tomorrow because I, I always get you in post game. I never get a chance to ask for this. It'd be a weird one to ask you in a post game. But how the hell do you go from the AJHL to hockey L Spenskin, Jeremy? Like talk us through that straight line because I'm I'm super curious to see how that played out. Yeah, well, it's uh probably need a different <laughs> longer podcast. But um I mean I was I was still trying to play. That's really the bottom line. I uh I've been been to Sweden and back, and you know, uh, played a bunch of NHL games the, the one year, and then my last year in the American League, I had two concussions in about a uh, couple of months, mm. and uh, ended up, you know, just didn't get better. Ended up being out for almost a year. Took almost a year off. So during the year I was um, not playing, I was still trying to play. I was still trying to come back, and so I had a, a friend who was coaching a tier two team. And uh, originally it just was potentially somewhere for me to skate uh, as I was getting back in shape and getting ready to play, but I just never got better. So I ended up coaching and helping there. And um, as the year went on and it became clear, I wasn't probably going to play immediately anyway, took on more responsibility and it was, it was a great experience. Uh, The next year I did go to play. I went to Sweden to play and uh, you know, lasted three games or two games played the preseason. And then I think the second game, I got a, another concussion okay. and, uh, tried to get back, tried to play. Wasn't was still wasn't ready to be done. But at some point, you know, after you've just taken a year off, you get another concussion. And then that doesn't seem to be clearing up. Uh, the writing was kind of on the wall for me. And, uh, you know, during that time, not playing, I'd been thinking about what was potentially next. And coaching was, was certainly something I was interested in. And, um, I ended up, I was going to go home, um, uh, because I wasn't going to play 
and kind of made a deal with the team uh, with my contract. But uh, just before I was getting ready to go back, they uh, they end up firing the coach and GM, and uh, I'm not. They didn't. It wasn't really set out what the what the next step was. So uh, they asked me if I would step in interim, and uh, it's a great opportunity, and I felt confident just because I'd had that experience in tier two, and I stepped in and went pretty well, and ended up being there four years. And my last year, we got uh, we won the league and got promoted to the top league, beat out uh, a team from the top league to go up, and then that was when I went uh, went to Rockford mm. after that. It's, it just seems wild because that's like 2014. This isn't like the 80s where a player just like goes from that. Like, did, So you must have like had the idea that you wanted to coach. You kind of mentioned it there. Like, Was that something throughout your playing career, like coaching was always going to be that route, do you think? Yeah, I always paid attention. I always was interested in uh, what we were doing and why we were doing it. And sometimes that can be uh, a pain for a coach. But <laughs> I've had some coaches who were willing to, to humor me and have those conversations and um, you know, you just kind of, you try to take something from every coach you've had. And then at the end, I probably, especially when I was having trouble, uh, I just wasn't, I didn't feel like I had the career playing wise that I, that I should have had based on the player I was as a junior and, um, coming in as a prospect. And there's lots of reasons for that, whether it's injuries or circumstances. And I just, I didn't feel like I got what I wanted out of, out of the game and I wasn't done. So, uh, there's different routes you can go. Coaching is one of them. And uh, so I was working at it and, and thinking ahead for if I ever got the chance, what would what was important to me, what I think about the game, how I want to run the team. And so I was kind of ready in that way. Uh, I had some ideas that I felt like were important. I was ready to, to implement them right away. Awesome. Well, maybe we'll have you on again and finish this story or, or go on with it or something. But uh, Jeremy, appreciate you joining us here and take some time out of your day. You got Manitoba uh, on Friday and Saturday out there at the Abbotsford center. Uh, we'll see you on Friday and I'll have uh, some new Klimovich questions ready for you then. I'm ready. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jeremy. There he is head coach of the Abbotsford Canucks, Jeremy Calton joining us there. I, I mean, from Calgary off to TL Svenskin, there had to be more of a story. They could have probably done yeah. 15 minutes about the story. At least he'll come fill in as a co-host uh, next Friday. Yeah. We'll see once, uh, once Harmon's rate goes up again, then yeah. uh, it might be, the might money. be here for a long time moving forward. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, any take any takeaways from the young stuff, the young players I found some yeah, interesting comments. Yeah, well, the comments. chat was very excited about what he was saying mm-hmm. because there was talk of long-term kind of, you know, planning with players. And I think, you know what? Like watching Danilo Klimovich and reading about him a lot personally, like I read about him more than I watch him. The whole, you know, and obviously he doesn't want to tank a player's confidence or anything, so he's not going to come out and say like, yeah, he needs to get his anger in check, but he kind of hinted at it and we can see it. Like this isn't to try to infer what Colton was talking about, but you know, we can see it with Klimovich that yeah, things that like you even mentioned it, like getting hit cleanly and then spinning around and swinging your stick at the guy. Yeah, You can't like, do you, that. You every can't time. do that. It's not going to happen. You can't be that emotional when you're playing hockey. It's just, it's not something that can happen. And again, like, you know, there's a fine line of keeping it in check and using it to motivate you. But again, if teams know they can just get under your skin by hitting you cleanly, like you just, you have to be tougher than that. You have to be. Um, and again, and that's like, hard to coach out because you have to imagine the way that Danila Klimovich like grew up playing yep. in the Belarusian league. That's not what it's like in, you know, junior hockey in Canada. Like it's a very different league. It's probably run a lot different. I think I, I didn't get a chance to ask this, but I, I you've seen some of the best games of Klimovich's career when pod Colson's there now. And I wonder if there's something there between just the connection those two players have. Um, you know, obviously, Pod Colson, I feel like, likes to be a leader in that situation. Hasn't really had the opportunity at the NHL level, but I look at Klimovich and I say, like, this is this is a really good spot, not only for building confidence for Pod Colson from, you know, scoring goals and playing top minutes and, and you know, getting time on both the PK and the penalty kill or, or the penalty kill and the power play, but also, like, getting a chance to be a leader again. Because I feel like someone like Klimovich, how would they not look up? to Vasily Podkolzin, right? He has to be one of the players that he watched, you know, back when he was, you know, 16 years old, watching what Podkolzin was doing as an 18-year-old at the World Juniors. Like, this is a guy that he has to look up to. And to now have him on your team, I think it does it does help kind of change some of the ways that you manage your emotions, specifically watching the way that Podkolzin does. Yeah. Right? Because, listen, Podkolzin will stick up for his teammates, but he's not going to go out of the way. You see, like, the the after-whistle scrums. Podkolzin's normally the guy, like, pulling a body off, you know, like, settling everyone down. But when, when push comes to shove, he will stick up for his guy. And I think that's something that 
you know, Klimovich can use, you know, learn a lot from. It's just the way that Pod Colson manages his emotions in a game. Yeah, absolutely. And he, you see it with Pod Colson, right? And I know his wife would have something to say about that because he dropped the gloves with mm-hmm. uh, AJ Greer and, yep. you know, took, took the worst of it. But yeah, you're right. Like, there is, and, and I kind of regret not asking Colton about that, about like if he's. Well, I noticed. think we'll have him on again. That was great. I yeah, think we'll do that. Great again. interview. Uh, the, the people in the chat really liked it. Again, all of our guests brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. Yep. Use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word. Uh, our thanks again to Jeremy Colton. Before we before we go any further here, know what I noticed when I was doing the uh, the interview there? My uh, my energy drink today matches my hat. It does. The same color, the same uh, trim on the top there from my from my headset matches my energy drink uh, today. We got red berry Swedish. Uh, what are these? What are these called? No, the Sour, Sour Patch, Patch Kids. Kids. The Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, we got that going. And it, there, thank you, Alex. Alex is on it today. You know, I was going to say off the top of the show, I didn't get a chance to, but Alex, I've never heard him so happy this this morning in the pre in the pre show. He was he was in great mood, best mood I've ever heard Alex in today. So I know he's he's up to the, and look at that. He's, the chat's in a great mood too. Good. Uh, Alex can take a look at that and yeah. Um, okay, let's move oh, on yeah, here. Yeah, yeah the your friends are here. Quads. Yeah, chat's in a really good mood today. Um, okay, let's get to Horvat's Hall. Oh. Uh, you you titled it. I don't oh, look at the yeah. show notes, but I I have a feeling I know what we're going to talk about. Bo Horvat, Elliot Friedman reporting today. Forget Friedman. Thirty two thoughts. Frank Sarvali. Okay, well Sarvali too. Everybody's reporting stuff on Horvat. The the it's hot on Horvat. And I don't it, know. It ain't I haven't seen Friedman you, on this show, so I'd rather talk about Frank stuff. Well, anyways, what I'm saying is, no matter who you talk to, no matter who you read. It's not looking great for the Canucks re-signing Horvat right now, but you don't want to talk in any sort of absolutes because, hey, we were saying the same thing about JT Miller, so I don't want to spend too much time talking about this, but it's not a surprise. The Canucks cannot, and I don't mean the Canucks cannot afford um, cap-wise. I mean the Canucks cannot afford with where they're at as a team to give Horvat an eight-year contract at $8.5 million and Or to give him up for nothing. They can't do either of those Exactly. Things. Exactly. And that's the big point is you, you have to trade Bo Horvat if you're not going to be able to get him at a cap hit you're comfortable with. Cervalli was reporting that uh, he has it on good authority that there's a team that will give Horvat $9 million in free agency and that they view him as the next Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, so what uh, his Freeman, I have reason to believe, this is from uh, Sarah Valley. I have reason to believe that one team out there is willing to pay Bo Horvat a number that starts with a nine. Then he said, all it takes is one, because all it takes is one of these teams to go out there paying $9 million. Yep. And then it, maybe it brings other teams up to that number, right? So, like, the Canucks can't do that. Columbus, He maybe? also said the, the deal that Horvat was offered by the Canucks. Eight years at $5.125 well, million on a sec. in the offseason. Right? He in reported the off- this a while ago. It was yep. the Ryan Nugent Hopkins. They mm-hmm. started there, and uh, apparently, apparently, this is a report from Cervalli, right? Yep. I believe Cervalli mentioned this, that apparently that might have pissed off Horvat a little well, probably, bit. Probably, yeah. Uh, that they lowballed him like that. And yeah, like... I'll tell you, you know, what, pissed off Horvat's pretty damn good at scoring goals. Saw, so. You just saw Aaron Judge turn down $300 million before the season starts from the Yankees, right? And then he bets on himself, goes out and hits sixty, gets an extra million dollars per homer that he hit. Basically, did he sign? I miss. I think I missed this. Did he sign? Yes, he signed. Okay. I, I texted he, you about it. I just don't. I read three hundred three hundred and sixty million dollars for Aaron Judge for what? Two years? <laughs> two years? No, I, I believe it was an eleven year. Uh, and someone That's in the all chat he got? jumped I, I in. I thought he was going to bump up near half half a billion. My Padres got Xander Bogarts. Oh, uh, really? Good for your pods. Yeah. What well, do you call them? Pads? No. Padres. The Padres. Why, What's why a short version for him? Huh? What's like a shorter version for him? Anything cool, hip, and... There's a the... few, but none of them are short. Oh, you can't it's say like... them on the show, family show. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, anyways, we're not going to talk baseball. We're not talking Padres. No. Anyway. We'll save the Friedman stuff from 32 Thoughts for tomorrow. Sure. Because I do want to quickly do a little touch on uh, on uh, some of the prospect stuff that we saw today. Because I got video, baby. I got video. Uh, but yeah, Friedman had some interesting things about Besser and Horvat in his 32 Thoughts this morning. Be sure to check that out uh the Sportsnet thing. There. We'll check there out Daily Face Get that first. out of here, Alex. Save it for tomorrow. Now, thank you, Alex. Check out Daily Face Off. Daily, Daily Face Off's got uh, the good stuff there, anyways. Yeah. Okay, let's get to uh, Elias Patterson's goal prospects report here. Uh, DPD, hey, his 40th SHL game today, quads. You don't care. You're out of it already. You're already on TikTok. Well, I read your. Uh, I'm reading the chat. People are talking about the Padres now. So I'm okay, no Padres. No 40th game of uh, uh, Elias Patterson DPD's career today. And he scored a goal. He scored his first SHL goal. Get it up, Alex. Pull me up. Full screen. Here he is. Elias Pettersson gets some space in the slot. Fires a shot. A little Bob Yor-esque almost. He slips <laughs> okay. a little bit and falls over. That's, I mean, 
that's now what's going on the green screens behind the the ice again here oh my goodness gracious okay well here it is Elias Patterson he scored his first goal uh really good also had a season high a career high I should say in ice time he's been playing a lot this week I've talked about it over the past few days here uh Elias Patterson like averaging about 14 uh 40 over his last three games there it is Canucks combo we got a free ad on the back people want to complain about the board ads on tv on the NHL broadcast Look at Let's these see. SHL ones. Hold on. Did you see what they just, are just happened? They're not even lined up. Look at the one behind the net. You see that? The Kinuit Savag. Yeah. yeah? You no, see? I didn't see that I one don't there. speak Swedish, but you see what I'm talking about. Look, Look at this. Do you see this? Well, I see we're getting Canucks, Canucks conversation combo. in the back of this one right there. <laughs> getting some Canucks convo board ads. And we oh, have thrown beautiful. around the idea before of getting a Canucks Army ad on a uh, Al Svenskin team's yeah. jersey. This is the SHL, but look at those. Alec, get me a shot of that no, ad what's... behind the glass. That is awful. It is just straight across. That is horrible. We're doing our own digital ads. Yeah. yeah. The guy in the yellow jacket <laughs> is taking up some of it. And then on the right, same deal. Like, those look oh, awful. Hold on. Anyone on the YouTube, you see this child? Is it a child in full gold? Print. Oh wow! Look at that. Or he looks like he's covered in peanut butter. Maybe a young Elias Pettersson. They like they love to just get covered in gold over there in uh, in Sweden. But you Anyways. remember Elias Pettersson doing that? Well, yeah, that's what you say. You get the you get the good play there. All right, get okay. me get me out of there. Oh, Alex. better or close wait. favors tabs. Yeah, I got to do that uh, to myself. There, there we go. All right, that's all I got for the prospect support. Uh, Sweden's camp to kick off on the fourteenth. I say it every damn show here. So uh, they're going to be pretty close to uh, getting to camp here as well. So good for them uh, and good for Pedersen. Took 40 SHL games, but he's got a goal. But most of those games were like two minutes of ice time, 50 yeah. seconds ice time. So don't really count uh, that much. But, hey, his last four games, he's playing about an average of 15 minutes a night. He set a, a career high tonight playing 15-23. He's a, a, a man. He is climbing like no Canucks prospect is this season. He is absolutely climbing up the rankings. We'll have the rankings after the World Juniors, uh, an, an updated one over at Canucks Army. But, ooh, man, I tell you, he might be uh, he might be pushing for number one. The yeah. way that he's playing and, and just from watching him play, he he really projects to potentially be an NHLer. I think maybe more than than anybody right now this season for the Vancouver Canucks prospects. Yeah, in my eyes, I saw he's eighteen years old doing all this stuff too. Damn impressive, uh, PD. You might see two Pedersons in the Canucks lineup here pretty soon. Okay, let's get to the uh, Betway wrap up. Oh, Betway, Betway, Betway. Here we go. I'm not going to do 30 again today. Betway, that, uh, we got to talk about how much I get paid for each time I say Betway. Uh, Betway, Betway, our bets of the day. Um, I did it two ways here. So I'm betting on the same game, but two different things to happen. If you Hey, if you took my bet yesterday, boom, we hit on that big Patterson uh, Canucks win over 6.5 total goals. We hammered on that one. We're going to try and get another one today. Um, so we got the Winnipeg Jets and the over of 5.5. You're getting that at 250. I go on Betway right before the show here. They saw they saw my tweet. Uh, Canucks, it already dropped. It's down to plus 240 now. So you got to get in there quick because uh, the Jets to win and the over of 5.5 total goals. That feels like a good one. Uh, I think 10 of their last 12 games, the Jets have hit the over of 5.5 total goals. And in all of their last 12 games, a minimum of five goals scored. So there's a lot of goals in those games. Jets are playing good. They're winning a lot of hockey games right now. Blues are not. Uh, their goaltending is just horrendous. Bennington sucks, uh, and he's also not a very good goal either. Uh, the St. Louis Blues, I got them to win in the second one. Blues to win over 6.5 total goals. And Jordan Cairo, who's been scoring a lot, I think four goals in his last six games. Um, I forgot. I got to ask you these things. How many goals does Cairo uh, have in his on the season? I don't know, man. He's got four in his last six. He's buzzing plus eight hundred on, on the that season. Bet. You didn't answer the question. I don't know. He's got a few. You don't uh, know either. Blues to win over six point five total goals. Jordan Cairo to score in this game. There's our betway bets of the day. Quads, uh, your last minute here of uh, of the show this week. What's what's on the docket tomorrow? Which uh, which restaurant are you going to for caviar tomorrow? I really want to check out Lou's. Oh, in Abbotsford? Yeah. No, you're not. about you it don't. in the uh, chat here. Oh, yeah. Loses is, I haven't seen the chat in a little bit here. Loses the best. People are talking about it. And we should have asked and, and lose both of them. Yeah, I really want to get out there, check What's it out. What's Jeff really said? He asked Buddy about lose. He claims it's where they're going for business dinner. He thinks he was lying, but nonetheless, we were going there before this Christmas. This is a podcast. You can't read like that on a podcast. What do you mean? That's like the reading you do if you're half reading in your head and half, like that's if you're reading to yourself. That is... The listener has to hear you read. You can't just skim through someone's message. Well, I, I, but people got the gist of it. Jeffro's going to uh, lose. Like I said, <laughs> you go out there and they have, um, it's like a spicy peanut wing. It's really good because you know that like peanut sauce from like Thai, oh, yeah. Thai food. It's that, but on a chicken wing. But I'm not eating chicken wings anymore. I'm off the wings, actually. Also, someone in the chat jumped in yesterday and said wings are better than nachos. Good take. I Last time I had a chicken wing, I chipped my, uh, chipped my tooth. My... Uh, 
What's the what's those ones in the back there that you're supposed to get out? Wisdom teeth. Wisdom, you haven't had yeah. your wisdom teeth removed? No, well, I half removed one the other day eating a chicken wing, so I haven't eaten a. Well, that was like two months ago, and I haven't touched okay. the damn thing since. All right, I've been scared to to chew. I got drumsticks. Go. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's I'm not doing either of those. Drumsticks, nothing. Maybe chicken thighs. I might get, but I just haven't been eating things with bones. They scare me now. Okay, we'll wrap it up there. All right. Uh, Harmon, Harmon Dial in tomorrow. Yeah, Harmon Dial, the money himself. Uh, Harmon Dial joining mm-hmm. us on the show tomorrow. Uh, for my co-host, Chris Faber, hey, and our technical producer. To, uh, yeah, well, Alice, he's having a good day. He's got enough shout-outs today. Um, Jeremy Carlton. I was going to get to that. I say that every time. No, no, no I don't think you were. It's like you your were. first time watching me host. And anyway. By, uh, our as as again, you go out here, people, check out this uh, chocolate I got, too. Hershey's Kisses, hot cocoa. All right. Faber's mic's getting muted. Hot cocoa. It's a marshmallow flavor. Pretty good. Pretty good. Not amazing. Okay. Okay, mute me. I'm done. All right. Uh, for my co-host, Chris Faber, and our technical producer, Alex Lard, our thanks again to Jeremy Colleton of the Abbotsford Canucks for joining us. My name is Dave Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Time for Christmas chocolate. Christmas chocolate. Where's the sky train? Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 